Welcome to Art for Conversations, a podcast about arts and cultural management. I'm Anita Latham. And I'm Katrina Ingram. We interview leaders who help shape the world of arts and culture, sharing their stories, their insights and observations. This season has been brought to you with the support of McEwen University and the Rosé Foundation. Welcome to Artful Conversations. I'm your host, Anita Latham. I'm thrilled to have Patty Pon, Calgary Arts Development President and CEO with us here today. Patty is a veteran community and arts champion with an extensive track record of leadership and service in Calgary. She has a deep and diverse experience in the arts sector, having served as the Vice President Administration at the Epcorp Centre for the Performing Arts, now Arts Commons, with stints at the Alberta Performing Arts Stability Fund and the Alberta Theatre Projects. In the community, she serves on the board of the Calgary Foundation and on the community for the Calgary Stampede. She was the founding board member of the Asian Heritage Foundation, Southern Alberta, and served on a steering committee for Imagine Calgary, as well as on the board of the CKUA Radio Network. She comes to the position of President and CEO from her most recent stint as Director of Resource Development at Calgary Arts Development. Welcome, Patty. Hi, Annette. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's wonderful, wonderful to have you join us today. Can you explain some of the history and mandate from the Calgary Arts Development and how it's aiming to serve the community? Uh, sure. Uh, so Calgary Arts Development's been around for about 16 or 17 years. And I would say that as an organization, we are building on yeah. a legacy of an organization that was called the Calgary Region Arts Foundation. Right. And it had been around for about 55 years. Yeah. And um, when Calgary, uh, when the city of Calgary uh, passed a civic arts policy in 2004, part of that policy included creating this entity that is called Calgary Arts Development Authority. Yeah. And uh, we, we, sort of took all the best that was um, associated with the work of the Calgary Region Arts Foundation and then built on that. Yeah. Um, ultimately, uh, you know, the thing I think we're, we're known mostly for is we are a funder um, um, on behalf of the city of Calgary. Uh, we are an arm's length organization. So um, we have an, a board of directors, but we have one shareholder and that shareholder is, is city council. Yeah. Um, so we do try to create some distance, but I think it above and beyond our, our funding programs, and I'm not dismissing the importance and the yeah. value of them, this whole notion of what arts development is. Yeah. Um, um, how do we um, include the arts when we think about city building? And in particular here in Calgary, I often talk about arts-led city building. Yeah. And so here we are, a public organization stewarding public dollars because yeah. the source of our funds are tax dollars from the yes. city Yeah. Um, it, for the benefit of the public good. And that includes artists. Yeah. So 
um, we really try to think of our work um, uh, in that respect. And of course, that's about building and strengthening our own local arts sector and the artists yeah. and arts workers included in it. Um, but it's also about um, sharing with Calgarians the role that the arts can play in creating cities that are deserving of all Calgarians, not yeah. some Calgarians. Yeah. So you've been there for uh, over nine years. And during that time, what for you are the real strengths that you think the organisation has grown into over that nine years? Um, well, you know, as I as I said, I described ourselves as a as a funder, and yeah. so always we are championing um, for our community and for artists and arts workers. And so I would say that from a funding perspective, the most significant transformational thing that's happened to us in that time is that we've we doubled and then some yeah. our dollars yeah. in our lifetime. And and you know, we know the. Um, in the art sector, if you're looking for people to stretch that dollar far, yeah. look no further uh, yes. than, yeah. than Canada's arts community and particularly yeah. those in the not-for-profit community. Yeah. Um, so that has been significant and we really made the case uh, to City Council based on what we knew to be the kinds of things that the arts bring to a city, bring to community, how they impact citizens. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, while we certainly did talk about an economic impact, that was not the only thing we yeah. talked about. And we were very, very fortunate to, to get the confidence of city council and yeah. our mayor in particular uh, yeah. uh, to champion for us. So that, that's a significant thing. Yeah. But moreover, on that arts development side, um, in 2014, we launched a citywide strategy called Living a Creative Life. Yeah. And um, the whole premise of that, that strategy was to ask Calgarians, do the arts matter? Yeah. Does it matter to have them in your city? Yeah. And if so, how do you know? Yeah. What makes you notice? And from that, and we actually um, uh, were in touch with 1,800 Calgarians. We had a group of 36 Calgarians who helped us craft the strategy based yeah. on the input we got. Um, we created this strategy, which is about how do the arts help create the conditions in our city where Calgarians can live their most creative lives. Yeah. Whatever that looks like, however you want to define it. And so it's really helped us connect the work of our arts community yeah. to how that feeds. Um, and, and, and so it's not about how do we be a creative city. Yeah. It's about what are the building blocks in place because our belief is creativity is not something you're born with, right? So that, you know, if you didn't get that gene, you're just out of luck. <laughs> yeah. Too bad. You lost it in the gene pool. It's yeah. something that the more you do it, the better you get at it. Yeah. And so practice, practice, practice. And so that's what we were trying to and continue to try to develop um, in our work. Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, and, and then kind of uh, seek others to join us in creating those conditions yeah. uh, for creativity. Um, the other, there's a couple of other things I'll just add here, Annetta. Um, the other, um, I think, a step we took into was the importance of research and knowledge and information. Oh, yeah. um, in Canada's arts community, not a lot of comprehensive research, yeah. especially longitudinal. 
Yeah. And so we really wanted to have good data. And, yeah. you know, I, I know we hear it all over the place now about big data, good data. How do we use our information in a way that is meaningful? And so I think we are one of the few civic funding agencies that actually has a research and impact department. Now it's a department of two, but nevertheless, we undertake regular surveying. We undertake regular analysis and and I'm sure we'll get into that later. Um, uh, The other thing I just wanted to add was uh, an emphasis in our work around equity, diversity, inclusion, and accessibility. Um, You know, Arts funders, arts organizations have been working in this for years and years. This is not something new. Yeah. I would say that for Calgary Arts Development, I don't know that we embraced it as intentionally and as, yeah. as um, transparently uh, as we have in the last four or five years. So that's a real shift for us. Um, oh, and then, then one other thing is just in our community, in my time here so far, yeah. uh, we've had the worst flood in a hundred years and now we've had the worst pandemic in a hundred years and both of those natural disasters had a significant impact on our arts community so um you know it it, it's uh, been interesting times yeah yeah let's talk a little bit about the interesting time (laughs) we're in but before we dip into that um i really think it's exciting what you're talking about about uh, research and you know I was talking with a colleague a lady called Nancy Duxbury who is a Canadian I was having a chat with her and um, she is a researcher a cultural mapper and she you know she talks about uh, future forming research and I thought it's a really wonderful thing because you know she's talking about research moving forward and it sounds like that's what you're talking about as well and like you say research research can be so enriching and so empowering um, but let's dip into the pandemic that is here to embrace our world um, so pandemic programming for everybody has been a challenge and um, the Calgary Arts Development has been granted $2 million from the City of Calgary to develop uh, an emergency resiliency fund. So what, uh, what have you been able to create from this grant? Uh, so th- there's a couple of things, and I, I think just from a context perspective, uh, again, what I, I want to be clear on is that this $2 million that was granted from the City of Calgary to CADA, to Stewart, yeah. was over and above the granting dollars that we already had. Yeah. So um, we had um, about $10 million to grant out all things being equal. And that was up from $6 million the year before. And then the pandemic happened and we took um, 1.15 million of that envelope and we redirected it from the programs we were originally running at the beginning of the year um, immediately to uh, relief funding. Yeah. And then so that relief funding was from an existing envelope and that was addressing instant concerns, you know, as I'm sure you've you've spoken with others about in the arts sector. Yeah. The moment in Alberta that the public ban on gatherings happened um, four o'clock in the afternoon. Well, seven thirty that night, there were curtains that didn't go up. Yeah. And then immediately following that. There were phone calls to ticket buyers asking about 
making ticket refunds with no idea of when we would be able to ever sell another ticket. Yeah. So the impact was instant. Yeah. Um, We know from our data and our research that between March and August of this year, we had a 51% cut of staff and an 81% cut in artists. Yeah. So artist fees stopped instantly. So that 1.15 million went out the door as quick as we could to address those immediate things that happened because of the lockdown. Then we went to city council who was looking at all of the different ways that our city was impacted and they saw the um, severity of the impact in the arts and they granted another $2 million on top of the 1.15. And that is what is the emergency resiliency funds. And in those two, uh, um, and then within that $2 million, we divided it into two kind of contexts, if you will. So one is called the recovery fund. And the other million dollars was resiliency. So, So basically we tried to do, relief recovery resiliency yeah within the context of a year to try and respond to what we were hearing from the community so the recovery piece was that the million dollars there they were maximum fifteen thousand fifty thousand dollar grants yeah um went out to uh organizations uh who you know after the grief and the shock had initially worn off yeah then what do you do yeah. How do you continue on when you, you can't be presenting shows, you cannot be gathering in large numbers publicly? What do you do? And so yeah. that recovery fund was there, again, to try and address maybe some of the mid to longer term issues people were facing in the year. Once we figured out this was not just going to be a few weeks, and then we'd all get back to normal. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then, uh, you know, and some companies pivoted really quickly. So they started talking about online and how to increase the opportunity and quality and access. Um, uh, Some of it was about cash flow. And if I'm not having ticket income and my donor income has dried up, I still need to have some, some people here to help us continue to keep the engine running. Yeah. Um, And so it, it ran the gamut. And then the last, uh, this last million dollars, which we're just in the final stages of assessing right now, is called the um, Resiliency Fund. Yeah. And this was, you know, um, the pandemic was not easy on anybody. Yeah. Uh, but if you try to look for the silver lining, it gave us some time to reflect. Yeah. You know, time that we often don't have as arts producers, presenters, artists in our own right. And so... You know, the thing I always say about artists is you are artists all the time. It's not just when you're on stage or just when you're in front of your computer typing up that next, you know, chapter. Yeah. Artists are artists, whether they're sitting in their arts studios or they're at the grocery store or at their, they're at their parent teacher council meeting. They're artists. So they're always creating. They're always looking at life through those lenses as artists and their practice. And so the resiliency fund was about that was about how could we realize some of the things that this time has um, afforded artists when they reflect 
when they look back, you know, the artists will be the storytellers of our time. We yeah. will remember this time because of their stories. Yes. So yeah. how do we help express them? Yeah. And that's yeah. what the resiliency fund was for. Um, some people might call it innovation. We were looking for new ideas to try, yeah. um, you know, back to practice, practice, practice doesn't always mean it's perfect. Yeah. So the resiliency fund, I think, was to try and offer some resource to um, organizations. Uh, we also had an individual project grant. We redirected right, our yeah. project grant to individual um, yeah. resiliency and recovery, and that was five hundred thousand yeah. um, uh, to to really work through those things. And so, as I said, we're just in the assessment process right now. But the thing I'll tell you, Annetta, is, um, you know, we had $2 million. We had over $6 million in requests. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and nobody was asking for the sun and the moon and the stars, right? We had a $50,000 limit. So that just gives you an idea of how many applications were out there. So back to the severity Yes. of the impact on our communities. Yeah. Um, it is it is deep and it has not gone away. No, 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 no. And it's um uh coming back to bite us quite um severely. Um mm-hmm. one of the exciting things that I heard about that you had done back in May was uh, a partnership with Calgary Economic Development, the City of Calgary and the Rose Foundation, you know, undertaking the survey that you did in relation to, um, with arts organisations, in relation to trying to understand their plans moving forward during the COVID disruption. Um, was, was there anything in that that surprised you? Um, hmm. Anything that surprised me? Well, that you didn't um, expect that came up and you thought, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, I, you know what? I would say the optimism. Yeah. Um, you know, keeping in mind this was May, so yeah, only, exactly. not even three months. Yeah. Um, but and and the the results, right, were staggering. Yeah, I, I talked about the amount of job loss, the yeah. number of artists who couldn't be engaged any further. Um, you know, the estimates of attendance, program cancellation, all those things, like all those really dire things. Yeah. And yet there is this sense of optimism and hope of um, the kinds of opportunities that artists and arts producers and presenters undertook to continue to maintain that connection with their their audiences, with their donors, with their stakeholders. That didn't go away. So while the way we had been used to connecting yeah. was not available to us and, and, the, and the statistics were dire yeah. and continue to be, um, that's not stopping people from trying. It's not preventing them. You know, I don't see people throwing their hands up in the air and going, okay, well, yeah. I guess we'll just have to, we'll just wait until yes. the pandemic's over and then we'll go back to the vast majority of organizations are really trying to understand the time in which we live and how to adapt, be flexible. All those adjectives we're hearing these days, pivot um, to to make that connection um, to their communities. I would say the one area where I kind of feel, and maybe this is just me, 
we're so busy trying to connect to our audiences and our stakeholders and, you know, other sectors, other parts of the social sector that I think it's come at the cost of actually connecting to each other as artists and as creatives there, you know, there aren't the same opportunities like the opening nights where you get to see everybody and you get to hang out and you get to check in. So we're all so busy trying to figure out how to help everybody else yeah. and connect with everyone else. I think we're losing contact and connection yeah. um, to each other. Yeah. And so, you know, that's what I find so heartening about those organizations that are presenting or producing or creating those moments because they are artist to artist yeah. touch yeah. contact, yeah. T- you know, touch figuratively, yes. um, not literally. Um, and we need that, right? Like yeah. the thing that will feed artists is other artists yeah. and that inspiration. Yeah, and I, I think what you said is really important, that con- that connectivity into our worlds and with our worlds, no matter what our worlds are, is extremely important. And like you said, artists have this unique ability to energise each other. Um, mm-hmm. You know, whether they like each other's work or not, they just, this this connectivity that they have that energizes is really is is kind of something to be researched really because it's it's <laughs> it's certainly a thing all of its own um and completely you know, you know and it's something that as someone like myself who's worked in the arts like you for the last 30 years of my life it just you kind of go this there's real energy in this um and it's really interesting um one of the other things that i'm aware that uh you've been part of and yet another group of fantastic organizations um in calgary you've all come together to uh, work on and launch the rise up program so tell our listeners what that is uh sure um So again, like everybody in our sector, as a funder and as an arts champion, we had to figure out our way of trying to ensure that the arts continue to be present um, in the community, um, given that the traditional way of connecting, i.e. person to person in public gatherings, wasn't going to be an option. And as we came to the realization that this was probably going to be a reality for us for much, much longer than a few weeks even a few months um, I mean we're now talking probably not getting back to a normal she says using air quotes yeah. kind of offering um, of, of in-person season work until 2022 or, or later yeah so um, we wanted to try to figure out how do we keep the arts present how do yeah. we remind people that the arts are still here and that there are live arts experiences that you can have and so, you know, I, I hope one of the things you've heard through our conversation so far is this whole idea of we're in this together. Yeah. It's going to take way more partnership, collaboration, co-conspiracy, yeah. um, co-conspiring, I guess would be the word, <laughs> uh, uh, it, it, to get us all through this in, yeah. a, in a, you know, in a good way. And so we always always been looking for partners and always look to leverage each other yeah. and I think it's become even more important so rise up I mentioned the arts were one of the most severely affected sectors but so yeah. were tourism so was hospitality yeah. 
Yeah, very and much so. so we partnered with our good friends at Calgary Economic Development, the Calgary Hotel Association, the National Music Center, and the King Eddie um, Theatre Calgary, Tourism Calgary, um, uh, Anarim Productions, uh, Hotels Live. There's a number of us yeah. who work within those three sectors Yes, and said, okay, what can we do together? to keep the arts present, to let people know that there's amazing things still happening. Yeah. Most importantly, that take into account safety first for yeah. both those who are taking part in the experience and those who are offering it on the stage. Yeah. That it's hyper-local. Yeah. So we are promoting local organizations, local artists. And the third thing is that it involves partnership and collaboration. Yeah. So rise up. YYC came into being and it was not about recreating or starting anything new. It was about taking what we already do and the ways in which people are pivoting or yep. changing the way they offer the work yeah. um, and, and trying to build on it and, and trying to build, um, uh, amplify it, accelerate it however yeah. we could. So, through these organizations, um, we've had uh, drive-in um, music weekends yeah. uh, over the summer that involved some of our favorite festivals who couldn't have their festivals this year, but they could have a concert slot. So you can yeah. at least get your fix yeah. of the blues fest or the reggae <laughs> yeah. fest. Yeah. Um, and so that was called the rise up music weekend. Yeah. Um, we have another promoter who did the hotels live concert. So we have a downtown hotel that has an outdoor pool deck yeah. and half of the rooms have balconies that look over to the pool right. deck. Yeah, okay. So they put a stage on the deck and you rented a room for the night and you could watch the concert from your balcony oh, fantastic over the summer. Idea. And they had a, it was amazing and it was packed. Yeah. They sold out virtually every, every concert they had uh, over yeah. the summer yeah. and they've now moved into an indoor venue that has an indoor pool atrium yeah. with the, with the balconies going oh, up. Brilliant. And so, um, so they, so we were promoting these kinds of events through riseupyyc.com yeah. um, as a way to just remind people that we're still here yeah. um, and we're doing it together. And so yeah. the hotels get something, artists get something. We have staycation packages that our tourism authorities putting together, trying all these different kinds of ways to give Calgarians some options when, that are safe yeah. and fun and involve the arts. Yeah. Um, so watch that in August, and uh, we've had a number of, of programs happen, which have been awesome, uh, and we look forward to continuing to do that. Theatre Calgary will be having a show coming up. They're doing a, a digital version of A Christmas Carol, yeah. um, and they also have a special dinner package so that you can get dinner from the local Fairmont Palliser Hotel yeah. that's in the Christmas spirit, and then watch the show uh, have oh, it delivered and then watch the show from your home. So all those kinds of things that we're trying to do to really keep our local economy going yeah. as best we can um, and remind people that that includes the artists as well. Yeah, and I really like the um, that you mentioned before, this is the long game. You know, yeah, is, oh yeah. You know, the, you're in this for the long game and the collectiveness between economy and tourism and arts um, really embraces the fact and acknowledges the fact that we actually are all in this together and our, it, it actually, culture impacts 
all of us in different ways, whether that's through tourism, whether that's uh, an economy, because suddenly, you know, like you say, ticket sales are suddenly not happening. Um, and then that rolls into a massive reduction of staff who are people who have lost their incomes and all of those kind of things, and they're all interwoven into each other. Um, a really exciting program, but what were some of the challenges when you kind of came up and tried to think about developing it as an initiative? Um, well, we didn't want to be one more thing. Yeah. On top of what everybody was trying to do as people were scrambling. Yeah. To try and um, figure out their way through this, right? Um, you know, we are in a time where people are having to do things with less. I was part yeah. of a panel discussion earlier today where the theme of the session was um, twice as much need and half as much money yeah. or half as much resource. Yeah. That is the time we're finding ourselves in. So um, we, we were trying to be very conscious that we didn't want to keep adding stuff on. So hence that, how can we use the resources and the capacity we have to maybe group or yes. connect these things in a way that um, you might not have had opportunity to do before. Yeah. Um, I'm very optimistic that this Rise Up initiative may lead into um, uh, opportunities beyond the pandemic yes. uh, once we're out of it, that, that these partnerships and these friendships that are developing between restaurants and hotels and arts organizations and all those kinds of things will continue long yeah. past the pandemic. Yeah. So we're trying, you know, back to the long game, Annette, and, and, um, and just being thoughtful that we're not going back to anything. Yeah. Whatever this is coming out of the pandemic has to be about building on what we already have and what yeah. we're already going to develop in different ways. And yeah. as I said before, creativity, the more you do it, the better you get at it. Yeah. And the result of creativity, the, the outcome is innovation. So everybody's looking for innovation. Everybody's looking for new ways of doing things. Well, get creative. Practice yeah. your creativity. Yeah. Surround yourself with artists. That's really the big piece. I mean, you know, she says here, I'm, I'm, while well, I'm, I'm, I'm with my people, I'm with my insiders on this yeah. podcast, but, you know, my ulterior motive is to have artists at every single table. Yeah. That is talking about how we go forward. That is talking about how we build community, um, build cities. Yeah. If you have an artist sitting at that table, you, you can't not have creativity and innovation present. Yeah. It's just yeah. not possible because that's what artists do. Exactly. Exactly. And having creativity and culture part of uh, city development policy and all of those mm -hmm. kind of things is just it bodes well for all of us as we move Absolutely. forward in the future. It bodes well for all of us. And for yourself, um, you know, your role as a leader during this pandemic must be a really interesting kind of field to navigate through. So for you, what do you see has been your primary focus um, with, within Calgary Arts Development and the larger Calgary kind of arts landscape during the pandemic and as we're kind of still navigating our way through it? Um, I think the, the, the two things. Um, certainly, uh, I think we've, we've really tried hard not to be uh, an, an entity or an organization that was contributing more uncertainty 
to what was very uncertain times. So we've really tried our best to um, bring information, bring meaningful data, uh, bring dollars in a, in a meaningful way um, to our community and for the benefit of our community. So I would say we, we, tried to do that. Um, And then the other thing I would say is that, you know, back to this arts led city building, um, because of the nature of how our organization is structured and where it sits within the city of Calgary as a civic partner, we have a number of other sister partners um, that we work with. So at those tables, I am always there bringing the arts and artists, whether it's a conversation about, community building or economic development or tourism opportunities or, you know, getting, uh, building, boosting morale or spirit or health, mental health is a huge issue for us right now. And the arts can be a way to help heal. And so always I try to be at those kinds of conversations where um, at least there can be one voice from the arts if not many and people have been super receptive so i've been very lucky in that regard so would you say your role has um had to change its focus or is that still the focus it's had it's just been amplified in the environment that we've had um i think yeah it would be amplified i mean we are calgary arts development so our focus has always been artist arts centered. I would say that within the, within the context of our arts work um, during the pandemic, uh, we've really emphasized people first. Yeah. Um, That it is about artists. It is about arts workers that these organizations that we may have the opportunity and privilege of, of leading or being a part of are here for the benefit of artists and for people. Yeah. And it's people who make those decisions. And so um, I, I think it, this time has afforded us just reminding ourselves of that. Who are yeah. we here to serve? What is it we're here to do? Um, you know, and, and without the arts and, and artists, there's no reason to have Calgary Arts Development yeah. at all. Yeah. 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 Um, so we remind ourselves of that all the time. Yeah. So, you know, during during this time, um, what kind of decisions have been instrumental in keeping Calgary Arts operating and contributing to the landscape? I mean, you've talked about some wonderful initiatives that you've been doing, but, you know, when you bring it just very much in-house, what's the mm-hmm. stuff that's been critical to you um, moving forward and keeping operating and keeping contributing and you know just as as an organization like any other arts organization while you're facing what you're facing during this challenging time um well certainly internally uh, i've had the great honor and privilege of working with my team and um every single one with to a person um, has just contributed well above and beyond. You know, yeah. we've been working remotely for the whole time yeah. um, uh, since the, the pandemic began. Um, uh, they have worked very hard to be responsive to um, the phone calls. We've had phone calls, emails, um, text messages, like 
all means of communication, of hearing wow. stories of people finding themselves in, in very difficult circumstances. Um, and so we've tried to listen. Um, uh, we've tried to respond in whether it's through our granting programs or through the various initiatives. Um, we've tried to be a part of collecting meaningful data like the survey in, yeah. um, instrument you talked about. We've also been a part of Stone Olufsen's research around Albertan audience behaviors. Yeah. So again, in this time of uncertainty, what is it we can provide you to help maybe give you uh, good data to make decisions on. So we've been uh, partnering with a number of organizations uh, to have to commission Stone Olson to do a longitudinal survey right. on audience intention. Yeah. So, um, and all of this information, by the way, you can find at our website, calgaryartsdevelopment.com, right. um, or you can just reach out to us and we're happy to send the links. Um, but uh, we just received the third phase of that data. So they'll do six surveys over 18 months yeah. to just see, you know, our audience is ready to come back. And if they are, what are the conditions that they're seeking? And, yeah. you know, no surprise, safety and comfort, number one. Yeah. Um, they have to know. And they also want to share in experiences with their close cohorts. Yeah. So it isn't so much about being in that group of 500, but they want to be sure that they have that tight group that they can share that experience with yeah. in person. Yeah. And so there's lots of really good information and data and ways to talk about how to promote your activities. Yeah. So we we're trying to um, think about that kind of um, information that will be helpful to the organizations and individuals we work most closely with. Yeah. Um, and then of course, as is the case for everybody right now, how are we rethinking our systemic structures that have had barriers placed for many artists yes. in particular? Yeah. And how do we change those um, in a time of great change happening anyway? Yeah. So uh, this whole idea of what access means, what inclusion and equity mean, yeah. um, are very, very front of mind for us right now. Um, and, and, and quite heavily influence our work, both at the board and the organisational level. Yeah. So in the coming months um, for you and your team, what's in store for you as you're navigating your way forward? Um, well, you know, as I, as I mentioned before, um, and we've talked about this, we are in a long game. Yeah. Um, as we think about our programs for next year, 2021, we're thinking about 2021 and probably 2022. Yeah. In terms of companies or organizations who are presenters or producers being in this uncertain time. Yeah. And so we want to continue to uh, find ways to bring meaningful, rich information yeah. uh, that companies can base uh, decisions on. Um, obviously, uh, City Council is debating our budget next week, uh, yeah. the city's budget and our allocation accordingly. So we'll be keeping a very close eye on that and hoping yeah. that we can maintain, retain the dollars uh, that we uh, have worked so hard to, to um, uh, access. Um, uh, we're seeing an, um, a real kind of blurring of the lines between the for-profit and the not-for-profit yeah. arts sectors. Yeah. You know, you, you really can't have one without the other. Yeah. And so 
um, where we traditionally would really focus our work on the not-for-profit community. Um, we're now having more conversations that are the hybrids, and that's where the Rise Up initiative, as an yeah. example, we're working on a creative economy strategy yeah. um, because we believe the creative industries will be a way for, for Calgary to rebuild Yes. Um, and renew our vision yeah. coming out of um, uh, 2020 and yeah. all that it has brought us. Yeah. Um, and I think the last thing, Aneta, that I, I just want to um, add is similar, you know, to this notion about the systems we live in and the barriers that have been present almost since the beginning of arts funding in Canada. Yeah. Um, uh, to some companies, to some artists, to some entities that are structured in, in a variety of ways. Yeah. I'm really inviting all of my colleagues in the sector, regardless of whether you're a producer, a presenter, a funder, a donor, like whatever it is, we have to think about how we make way yes. and invite those artists and those organizations to be a part of what will be a different system. Yeah. And, and in particular, I would be remiss in not saying that I am speaking with those organizations who are our established major institutions who bring so much to our community. Yeah. We lean on those organizations in many, many ways that I think a lot of people don't ever give them credit for. Yeah. That being said, the journey doesn't end. And, um, and this place of discomfort that many of us find ourselves in when we talk about equity, diversity, inclusion, and accessibility, as an example, yeah. um, is really going to be heavy on those organizations. And so having to think about how you make way, how you include yeah. those that have never had a chance to be at the table, um, and your tables in particular, is going to be really important. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you have to give up anything. But I do think it does mean you have to think about the ways to come in, to lean in. Yeah, yeah. And um, unlearn some things yes. and learn other things, which yeah. is the story of my life every day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, very much so. Um, I think that... That narrative of unlearning, I think, is going to certainly be a growing one um, mm -hmm. for us yeah. to, to do things. Um, you know, um, my darling old mum would say, just, you know, just bring another chair to the table. Just bring another, just wiggle up. Just wiggle up. There's room for everybody. <laughs> and, you know, that, was, that, was, that was her entire principle. There's room for everybody. Um, just bring another chair in. And like, but like you said, we even to do that, there's some relearning that's got it that needs to happen, and some some un unlearning or whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, break the mold, all those kind of phrases. But yeah, definitely, there's some journey in that. So as we're about to wrap up, um, mm -hmm. you are leading in an extraordinary time, and you are a culture leader in an extraordinary time. What's kind of a little nugget of advice that you would give to our listeners, you know, to and how to lead in the cultural sector during this time of strife and during times of strife? Um, 
I've been thinking about this a lot. <laughs> and I, I'm still not sure I have that little nugget um, uh, ready for you, Aneta. But what I will say is I think that as cultural leaders, um, we have an opportunity. And, and again, a good, a good colleague and a, a friend and a mentor, a teacher to me, was talking about leadership and said, you know, sometimes if you think about it, like when you're on a road trip and yeah. you've been driving the car for a really long time and then you get really tired and you have your partner drive. Yeah. Well, sometimes leadership needs to be like that too, that yeah. no one is expecting you to drive the car all by yourself for that whole journey. Yeah. And that as leaders, it's incumbent upon us to recognize when that fatigue has set in and when we need to maybe take our hands off the wheel and give it over to somebody else yeah. for a while. That doesn't mean you give it over forever. Yeah. You'll get your chance to drive the next leg. Um, but it, I think it is really important for us to use this time that, you know, um, when I have had the privilege of listening to um, indigenous elders, you know, they tell us that, that COVID and this pandemic is a gift yeah. because it's given us a gift of time yeah. to reflect, to think more deeply about the things in our world that have not been working. Yeah. And I think as leaders, we need to hear that and we need to listen to that. Yeah. Um, and I do not dismiss for a moment and I am talking from absolute personal experience. It is super scary. It's really hard. And it's a long time of discomfort. Yeah. So knowing that, what are the things that you can do to help make the, the hardship, the yeah. discomfort um, a little bit less? And I think, you know, again, as artists, I am so honored and privileged to get to work with artists every day yeah. to support the work of artists who I believe so strongly in and who I believe will be this are the storytellers of our time. We will be remembered through our artists. Yeah. And um, that is a great thing. And so I, I do feel very privileged to get to work in that realm. Yeah. And so when the heavy lifting gets really heavy or, I just, you know, I got to say no again. Um, I remind myself of why I'm here doing what I do and, and the great things I've experienced because of it. And, you know, sometimes it gets me through a day. Sometimes it's 10 minutes. Sometimes I just need to go hug my kitty cats. Yeah. And <laughs> just, you know, step away from it all for a weekend and watch trashy TV. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's really important for us as leaders to um, kind of, uh, as Gandhi said, be the change that you want to be in the world, yeah. that you want to see in the world. Yeah. That's the opportunity that as cultural leaders we have, and it is a remarkable opportunity. Yeah. Um, so don't let go of that. That is absolutely wonderful. That's definitely a nugget. That's definitely, you definitely nailed <laughs> oh, the nugget. Yeah. The, Patty, thank you so much for your time. It's been an incredible privilege talking to you. Um, and I, is, I just want to offer the opportunity if there's anything else you'd like to add to our conversation today. 
Uh, well, thank you very much. I'm really grateful uh, and honored to be a part of um, a really illustrious group of people who you're interviewing. I appreciate that. Um, and for anybody who wants to connect uh, or learn more about Calgary Arts Development, we always have room for more friends in our circle. Um, and you can find out about us through calgaryartsdevelopment.com. And my contact info is on the website as well. It's a bit unwieldy. There's a lot of stuff on there. We try to make it clean. Um, but uh, you'll see the contact button at the very least. And we can help navigate that for you. But thanks again so much for doing this. And many thanks to all of you who are listening. Thank you. Katrina, I absolutely loved this interview. Uh, Patty's just extraordinary. Her energy is just absolutely amazing. And I love the way that uh, she's almost embraced COVID um, and gone, ah, COVID, COVID, let's just get on with it. Uh, she's just, <laughs> it was just amazing. Absolutely. Her, just, just that, just keep going, just keep going. Just um, This is what it is. Let's just get on with it. It was fascinating. Yeah, I've known Patty for uh, a, a number of years now, and she is fantastic. And you're right, she has that energy that just says, we got to move to the next thing, we can deal with this. She's such an inspiration to be around. Oh, yeah. And the rise up stuff that, that they are doing in Calgary is just extraordinary. And, you know, I mean, I just was fascinated when I was listening and, you know, get a hotel room, look over the swimming pool. <laughs> like what is this I need to go and see this but what I loved in that was the importance that she really really talked about was understand your partners have a conversation with your partners work with your partners and everybody think outside the box a little bit and it's amazing what everybody brings to the table and I really think that's so important in our sector is get good partners and build good relationships and work well with them. Absolutely. Um, that really came through in the interview. Also, this idea of research and data. Um, and I know that CADA has done a lot um, to make sure that they have done the research, that they've gathered the data, um, they spearheaded a lot of the longitudinal uh, research work in the community. And it really paid off because when the time came to, uh, to roll out some plans very quickly and adjust things, they had the information that they needed to make those decisions well. And I think that really shone through. Uh, the last point I wanted to add is about access, inclusion, and equity. And this is work that Kate has been doing for a while now. Um, and I know it's really been accelerated in terms of its importance, and it's really informing the strategic choices that they're making as an organization. This show was created by executive producer and host Annetta Latham, co-host Katrina Ingram, and technical producer Paul Johnson. Research assistants involved were Caitlin McKinnon and McEwen Bachelor of Music students. Theme music by Emily Darfour and cover by Constanza Patcher. Special thanks to the Rosé Foundation for their support and to our guests. Artful Conversations is a production of McEwen University. All rights reserved.